Friday, my dudes. This is the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman. I am a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. The website, mainlyplants.com. Social media, at Mainly Plants. Get a hold of me somehow. If you found the podcast, I'm assuming you know how to contact a human being. This week, let's get right into it. I've been saying it for years. Salads, people. Salads, salads, salads. An article came out by Melissa Matthews uh, from Newsweek, published uh, just a couple days ago, December 20th. And the title is, Eating Salad Every Day Keeps Brains 11 Years Younger and Prevents Dementia, Study Shows. So let's get right into it. I'm going to read you this, uh, this article. In the quest to remain young... Many have turned to supplements such as fish oil and vitamin B12 to stave off dementia or simply remember where they put the car keys. And with population projections indicating an increase in Alzheimer's disease across the world, researchers are looking for ways to prevent cognitive decline and a possible health crisis. The Alzheimer's Association estimates that 16 million people could have the disease by 2050. That is a staggering amount of people. And that's only a little over 30 years away. Um, Man, scary. Reading on. Nutritional epidemiologist Martha Claire Morris and her team at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago found that people who ate one to two servings of leafy green vegetables each day experienced fewer memory problems and cognitive decline compared to people who rarely ate spinach. Now... Um, There was uh, an update to this real quick that I want to toss in here. Um, Leafy leafy greens are great. Dark leafy greens are great. Spinach is great. They note that you can uh, toss in ginkgo biloba for added uh, benefits. Now, in this article, they're saying that uh, just one to two servings a day of leafy greens. But I always recommend more than that. I always say one large, and when I say large, I mean like a two-quart salad. Uh, two small or, th- or two medium or three small. So I'm going to go with at least at least three servings of, of green leafy vegetables uh, a day. But anyway, moving on. In fact, Morris estimates that veggie lovers who included about 1.3 servings a day into their diets had brains that were roughly 11 years younger compared to those who consumed the least amount of foods like spinach or kale. So you compare this to the guy that I was talking about last week, Dr. Sean... Dr. Sean somebody, can't remember his last name, the the guy who's on the carnivore diet that I was talking about who eats nothing but meat. And uh, your brain, if you abide by this, on average will be 11 years younger. The study included 960 people, all between 58 and 99 years old, and all without dementia. Everyone enrolled in the study was part of the Memory and Aging Project, which has been ongoing since 1979, at the Knight Alzheimer's Disease Research Center at Washington University. Now, as part of their involvement in that project, participants completed questionnaires about their dietary habits over the course of nearly five years. Questions included assessments of how often people consumed spinach, salad, and kale, collards, or other greens. Participants also took yearly thinking and memory, memory skill tests to gauge cognitive ability. Now, the only problem that I have with a study like this is that you're relying on the word of the people. Okay, now, um, when you have 960 people, 
it's a it's a, a fairly large study. Um, y- even if people fudge it a little bit, you're still getting a pretty good average, right? So 960 people, even if they say that they had a little more, a little less um, than they actually did, you're getting a pretty good cluster of averages, which is why studies like this are used frequently. And it was over the course of five years, right? So if, as far as as far as the word of participants go, studies like this are reputable, by and large. Now, moving on, then researchers researchers divided subjects into groups depending upon their on their consumption. Those who ate the most leafy greens averaged about 1.3 servings per day, while those who consumed the fewest greens averaged about 0.1 serving a day. Now, scientists followed up with participants for 10 years and discovered that the rate of decline for those who ate the most was the equivalent of being 11 years younger in terms of brain age. Now, of course, people who ate a lot of salad are likely to have other healthy behaviors that could influence memory. But these findings took into account other factors associated with cognition like education, physical activity, alcohol consumption, obesity, and depression. Which is nice that, they, that they, they talk about that. That's kind of what I was talking about. You know, when a lot of studies come out when, where, you know, they show the effects of, of unhealthy foods, but they don't talk about what the other people did. So what I mean to say is unhealthy people will have un, other unhealthy habits, where, whereas like the study talks about healthy people will have other healthy habits. So it does take into account the other healthy habits of these people. Now, this study, if you want to read it, was published um, very recently in the study of neurology. And if you want me to send you the link for it, I'd be happy to do it. Just shoot me an email, ryan at mainlyplants.com. Now, it's not just leafy greens that could potentially keep our memories alive. According to Morris, the nutrients found in these vegetables that may be responsible for the brain-boosting benefits are found in other food sources too. Now, some of the nutrients already have excellent scientific evidence, such as vitamin E, a potent antioxidant, which has been demonstrated in carefully controlled animal models to protect against neuron loss, oxidative stress, and inflammation, and the accumulation of uh, amyloid plaques, which is what um, what was told to Newsweek in an email. Now, other of the nutrients are newly identified. Now, the researcher cites nitrate, vitamin K, and uh, campferol as potential contributors to brain health that warrant further examination. Now, like I mentioned, because this study was observational, the data provide no concrete evidence of a casual relationship between spinach and brain health. Now, for now, the connection is only a correlation and does not extend to younger or non-white or Hispanic people because all the people were um, white and Hispanic. But adding a serving of spinach into your diet is never a bad idea, like I always talk about. Now, daily consumption of leafy greens may be a simple and effective way to protect against loss of memory and other cognitive abilities, said Morris. Now, Morris's research used one half cup of cooked spinach as a single serving, which would have about 3.35 milligrams of vitamin E, according to the Harvard School of Public Health. Other good sources of nutrient include almonds and uh, it's arguable that some oils like uh, sunflower and safflower oil. Now, it's like I talked about, and I've always said, for every disease and disorder that I've seen my clients come to me with, friends, family, clients, 
And I've done the research on all of them that have come to me. The one common thread between all of them is raw vegetables. Now, depending upon what kind of disease and disorder you have, there are different vegetables that can benefit it. There are different be uh, vegetables that can harm it. For example, if you have severe arthritis, you need to stay away from night uh, nightshade vegetables like eggplant and tomato because they can aggravate arthritis. Um, for things like uh, Down syndrome, um, what the cruciferous vegetables have been shown to help the the effects of Down syndrome. And cruciferous vegetables are things like kale, broccoli, cauliflower, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Brussels sprouts, things like that. And I've done a whole podcast on that as well. Now, what this article does not talk about is the effects of other things aside from dark leafy greens, right? So this, this article is very specific to dementia in correlation to things like uh, ginkgo biloba, spinach, and I'm assuming other dark leafy greens like kale, arugula, uh, lacinto kale, that's the, the curly kale. So things like that. We're not throwing in iceberg lettuce or romaine in that category. But what you need to do also is add in other vegetables. Now, like this article says, they're only talking about uh, one half cup of cooked spinach as a single serving. That's only one half cup. One half cup. Um, I'm talking about like two to four cups. Okay, and that's that's some dark leafy greens. Now, if you've talked to me one on one before, you've heard my rules for salads. The rules for the salad is, I've already mentioned the sizes, but you want two types of dark leafy greens. So spinach and kale, or spinach and arugula, or ginkgo and arugula, or whatever your combination is. Two types of dark leafy greens, at least six to eight other raw vegetables. Now, it may sound like a lot, it's super easy to get that in there. Uh, cucumbers, zucchini, mushroom, uh, bell peppers, radish, uh, onion, garlic, that's already seven, okay? So that's right between six and eight, right, my friends? Then you have things like uh, green onion, which is delicious to put in salad. Um, pretty much whatever you want to throw in there, that's raw. Now, on top of that, you can add things that are cooked, like some quinoa or some lentils, some beans, pickles, which are still raw, so they're still great for you to throw in there. They kind of add a little zip to it. Um, uh, roasted red peppers are great. Um, what are they called? Pepperoncinis or banana peppers are fantastic to throw in there. The more color and variety that you have in your salad, number one, the more full you're going to get off of less calories. And the more different types of nutrients and different amino acid profiles that you're going to get into your body. Now, I've always talked about your body doesn't know, or there's no way for you to know what your body needs at any given second, right? Unless you're hooked up to machines that are constantly running tests, and even so, they're not fast enough to tell you. So the only way we can be assured that we're getting all the micronutrients that our body needs is to have a varied whole food plant-based diet. And a salad is the best and easiest way to do that. So when you have you know, bell pepper and cucumber and pickles and onion and all these different vegetables thrown in there, there's going to be no gaps in the nutrients that your body needs. You're going to fill all the slots or as best as possible, right? And you can even throw things like like crispy tofu or tempeh 
on top of there if you want a little added protein. I, I've not counted my macros in a long time. I have no problem with my protein intake. You can get plenty of protein from vegetables and beans and nuts and legumes. You can toss in some chia seeds, some flax seed, some almonds, whatever you want, throw it in top of your salad. And you're going to be full for a bit. And you're not going to feel weighed down, which is always a nice thing also. So it's really hard to overstress the importance of salads. You know, like I said, I've talked about it a million times. Everything that I've seen points to raw vegetables as the cure. And this is just more proof. You know, a lot of people think that Alzheimer's and dementia is just luck of the draw, if you're going to get it or not. But there is a strong correlation between Alzheimer's and food. Now, it is often thought that, <clears throat> excuse me, what is good for your heart is also good for your head. Now, because clogging of arteries inside the brain with atherosclerotic plaque, so that's the plaque inside your um, arteries, is thought to play a pivotal role in the development of Alzheimer's disease. So it's not surprising that vegetables and things that fight atherosclerosis would be beneficial to the brain as well. Now, there are things called, um, oh man, gerontotoxins. And gerontotoxins are, they just sound like what they sound like, things that are bad for our DNA and uh, are toxic to our bodies. And there are these things called age, age gerontotoxins. And what they do is they, they cause oxidative stress, inflammation, and tissue stiffness inside of our body. They even can play a role in things like cataract formation and macular degeneration in the eye. They also damage the bones, heart, kidney, and liver. And there have been a lot of foods tested for these quote-unquote age toxins. And the top 20 I'm going to name off to you right now in rapid fire, in order. Barbecued chicken, bacon, broiled hot dogs, roasted chicken thigh, roasted chicken leg, pan-fried steak, oven-fried chicken breast, deep-fried chicken breast, stir-fried strip steaks, McDonald's chicken select breast strips, pan-fried turkey burger, barbecued chicken, oven-fried fish, McDonald's chicken nuggets, broiled chicken, pan-fried turkey burger, baked chicken, pan-fried... Uh, Another pan-fried turkey burger came in again. Um, boiled hot dog and broiled steak. Now, if you notice a common theme from all of those, it is that they're all animal products. And to the converse, the things that fight the, the age toxins are plants. So this, it's just more evidence. You know, I say it week after week, and I, I get furious when I hear to the contrary because there's no data to back it up. Plants and a whole food plant-based diet is really the only way to ensure a healthy and long life. You know, the, the average age of Americans is getting older. People are living longer. However, at the same time, more of those years are spent sick. You see, you see it all the time. I see it every day. I see it every day in the gym even. People go to the gym carrying oxygen tanks around. There, 
would you rather be 65, 70 years old and you know struggling to breathe and obese and have terrible joints and it's hard for you to walk or be 80 and active? I mean, the answer is pretty clear to me. I'd rather be 80, I'd rather be 95 and active. And that's why I eat a whole food plant-based diet. You know, a lot of people come up to me and they'll say, hey, Ryan, can I have just like a soda here and there or, you know, a piece of chicken here and there? I mean, look, it's up to you. I would say no. You know, people are always talking about moderation. You know, everything's fine in moderation. Well, okay, is heroin okay in moderation? Are cigarettes okay in moderation? Because, you know, it's not that far off. Cigarettes cause cancer and other diseases. So does meat and dairy and animal products. And they'll say, oh my God, it tastes so good though. Well, I mean, heroin feels pretty good from what I've heard. I've had morphine in the hospital. felt pretty awesome. But it doesn't mean it's good for you. You know, there are, when you rewire your brain and you get off the garbage and you get away from the bullshit of bacon and eggs and steak tastes so good and you get away from that nonsense you know plants taste good too there's a reason that when you there's a reason that when you buy a steak or a piece of chicken you season it with plants garlic powder rosemary paprika these are all plants the last the last time maybe the last time that you had a piece of boiled chicken plain and tell me if it tasted good Tell me the last time that you had a steak and it wasn't seasoned with anything and you had no steak sauce or anything in it to dip it in and tell me how that tasted. It doesn't taste good. Plants are what makes things taste good. So to tell me that, you know, steak tastes so good or chicken tastes so good or whatever it is, next time have it without any seasoning and tell me how good it tastes. I got off track. What I was saying is that when you switch over to plants, you enjoy the taste of it and you don't miss the garbage and you're setting yourself up for success and you're, you're shaping your genes in a way that you're playing the odds and you're fighting, you're constantly fighting pollution and ex- these external forces that can cause disease and disorder within you. You know, it's funny, like when I make myself a salad or any, pretty much any meal, First of all, I like the taste of it. So I, I, it's not like a, a drag for me to eat whole food plant-based. It's super easy. I don't care what anybody says. I go out to eat all the time. I go to restaurants. Every restaurant that I go to has an option for me, and I'm always happy with it. They can always adjust something or even just bring me a salad, and they're always happy to do so. So this nonsense of it's a pain in the ass to eat with my friends, um, it's such a pain in the ass eating out, there's nothing for me to eat, that's complete nonsense and complete bullshit. I don't care where you go. They're always going to have at least a salad, okay? And grilled vegetables and usually some sort of veggie burger. As long as you don't live in, you know, Podunk, Alabama, where there's one diner and all they have are eggs and grits, as long as there's more than that, you're going to be fine. Um, But anyway, I totally got off track. Man, what was I saying? Um, you're, you're setting yourself up for success and you know I, oh I was saying that about cooking okay I lost my thought for I've lost my mind for it it's been a long week hasn't it guys I swear to god going up to the holidays it's like everything's going a million miles an hour and you're trying to fit as much in as you can anyway 
So when I'm cooking now, not only do I enjoy the taste of it, but I'm also, like when I'm cutting an onion, I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting antiviral, antibacterial properties out of this. And when I'm cutting up a tomato, I'm saying, oh my God, I'm getting lycopene out of this. It's going to make me happy. And and when I'm, you know, putting the spinach in the bowl, I'm getting iron out of this and some protein. And so it's it's weird. Like, I don't, it's like I enter the matrix. And instead of seeing the numbers, I'm seeing the nutrients. And it might be because it's what I do for a living. But the more you eat whole food, plant-based and healthy, and you kind of do just a, a little research of what you're eating, it's, your brain stores it. And you look at food differently because it's not just how does this taste, but it's also what am I getting out of this? And that's the reason that I really don't have cheat meals a whole lot. You know, I'll have like a sandwich with some bread is my kryptonite. I love refined carbohydrates. They're fucking terrible for you. Uh, but like, you know, once every few weeks, I'll have a sandwich. And I always, I always, hmm, how do I say it? Whenever I'm making the sandwich or, or if I'm eating it out, I'm always like, ugh, I'm not getting anything out of this. This isn't doing anything for my body. It's filling my stomach, but it's not really doing anything for my health. It's not doing anything for my gut biome, none of that. And because of that, I have I have stopped doing cheat meals as much as I used to. Here and there, sure, um, especially if I'm a little hungover. But aside from that, I enjoy eating healthy because I enjoy knowing what my body is getting out of it. And I enjoy, you know, especially this time of year when everybody's getting a cold and I haven't had a cold in like five or six years. And, and I attribute it 100% to my diet because 80% of your immune system is located in your gut. And the only way to ensure peak gut health is to eat a whole food plant-based diet. And your gut, your microbiome inside your gut is adjusted for health. When you eat a lot of meat and animal products, you have a whole different type of, of gut biome uh, that promotes disease disorder and your immune system's shot. You know, I was talking about that guy last week and I actually uh, watched the stream of him on the podcast and his skin is like gray and pitted and just he just looks sickly. And when you look at any whole food plant-based person, I don't care who you are, how old they are, doesn't matter. Their skin glows and they're in optimal health. Um, I really can't say enough about it. I really can't say enough about salads. If you're not on the salad train, please, please get on it. I'd be happy to send you my salad rules if you didn't feel like writing them down during this podcast, if you're that lazy. Um, but I really can't I really can't stress enough how important it is to eat salads, not only for the micronutrients, but also for the fiber. Um, I always recommend also having at least one small salad with dinner because all that fiber is going to help push all that stuff through your system overnight. And you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to go have your constitutional, and it sets you up for a perfect day. There's nothing better than waking up and going to the bathroom and being a little lighter on your toes. With that, I hope you guys all have a very Merry Christmas. I hope you all had a Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, uh, whatever other religions I'm forgetting. Um, and until next week, go eat that salad.